exciting morning here. We set the Christmas tree up. Thanks, Allie, Hannah, Danny, for jumping in. Curtis for the swap over when we found that the first tree that we pulled had a rat's nest. Uh-oh. So we're going to lend that one to Ben for his Christmas tree. Oh, no, sorry, Jessica. No, 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 we wouldn't do that to you. No, no, no. But it is. This is the, this is the 3rd of December, first Sunday of Advent. I don't know if that means anything to anybody. That actual term. Yes. Chocolates. All right. All right. Okay. Even even Cadbury's is taking over the fun. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I I find um I love Christmas. We've got our Christmas tree up. We've had the Christmas tree carols, the Christmas carols playing. But I find like. I find myself really wanting to pull into the Jesus side of Christmas, you know? And so this morning we thought we'll, we've got a bit more space in our morning this morning, really, really just to kind of sit in that idea of, you know, what is the Jesus part of Christmas, you know? And... I think I think sort of we've got four Sundays till Christmas, which uh, pulls us up to the day before. Ooh, series roll. But the series of Advent focuses on four aspects of Christmas, the the four things that we have in Jesus because God sent him. You know, because really, if we think about Christmas, let's just like focus on it for a second. Like, kind of let like the but the, you know, Santa Claus and the, the jingle bells and, you know, kind of the, the chocolate calendars. And let's let all that just kind of like drift to the side for a second and go, this season is about celebrating the fact that God came to earth as a man. Really, that, that God our Father sent his son into the world. You know, we know, we know that culminates in the Easter story, but really the, the significance of Christmas is that actually the God who created the universe, the light and life that breathed all things into being, humbled himself, submitted himself to the form in which he created and became man. As a baby, he submitted himself to parents who he was completely subjected to, Mary and Joseph. The God of the universe put himself in human form and allowed himself to be raised by human parents as a baby. Like it's an it's a unfathomable and unreal idea. And in that coming, everything changed. And I know these words just like roll off the top of our head like it's just nothing. Like, but what did Jesus coming change? What did having a God who became man do? that we don't really realize, you know, like I, I thought about this, one of the things that really changed for me after Leela and I spent a couple of years over in Malawi is I realized that I had no idea the life that I'd been given, you know, because it was just what I had. And in some senses, that's, that's our case with Jesus. Like we are people who just sometimes just don't really realize what we've been given, you know, and this, this notion of gift around Christmas is that we receive the gift of life from our Father in heaven who sent his son to earth to be a man, to give us an example, to show us a way and to make a way. 
And so we're going to focus this morning just on creating some space for us to pull into the presence of God, to adore him, to give our love to him, to say, we want Christmas to be something more than presents and trees and these things. We want this to be a reminder of what we have because we have a God that became man. And uh, this morning is just about taking some time for that. And, you know, the, there's a verse that uh, many, 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 many churches today will be reading. It's the it's the verse that encompasses the, the uh, focus of the first Sunday of Advent, which is hope that in our Savior coming, we've been given hope. And it, it also lets us partner today with the hope that we still hold, that Jesus will return, that the whole world is his, that the greatest thing that we're waiting for is in an economic breakthrough. It's not a political change. It's not a financial something that's going to happen in our world. It's not a shifting circumstance. You know, as followers of Jesus, the greatest thing that we wait for is his kingdom to come in its completeness and its fullness, that the whole world would bow at his feet, that the king would be reigning over the whole of the earth again, and that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's what we get to partner with today. The hope that today within our hearts is the reality that we one day will see in its fullness that the King Jesus rules. And this, 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 this passage encompasses that. So the, the focus of the first Sunday of Advent is hope. And in this verse, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 to 6, encompasses it for us. The people who walk in spiritual darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. You, O oh God, will increase the nation. You will multiply their joy. They will rejoice before you like the joy and jubilation of the harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil of victory, for you will break the yoke of Israel's burden and the staff, the goad on their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor as, the, as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the marching warrior in the battle tumult and every soldier's garment rolled in blood will be used for burning fuel for the fire. For us, un, for, uh, to us, a child shall be born, and to us, a son shall be given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Yeah, we just want to start there today. Jesus, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful that the structures of our world have been placed under your feet, that you are the king. As we come into this Christmas season, we thank you for the hope that we have, the life that we have in you. We just come this morning to remember you, to focus on you, to see the, the man that you were and the God that you are. And we just come this morning to worship you, to adore you, to offer our hearts again to you. Yeah, we just invite you just to meet us here this morning. Thank you, Jesus.
move to worship Him this morning. In the beginning, before all time. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word of God, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life and the power to bestow that life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it, or overpower it, or appropriate it, or absorb it, and is unreceptive to it. God, we're so grateful for who you are, for what you've done, and our minds can't even fathom quite a verse like this. We wake up in our own small world with our own small problems, our own small perspective, and then we read this about who you are. I'm sorry, Lord, for how it sometimes just glosses over, glazes over our eyes as we hear these words, but God, we ask that your eternal self, your holiness and your goodness and your word would come and dwell among us this morning. I can't even believe that's possible. But we were all created by you, for you, to you, and you dwell with us, and we're so grateful. There's a lot of empty chairs when the kids roll out. Got some, got some great kids. What'd you say? Breeders? I was gonna say, but I didn't. Um, you did. No, I didn't. But Glenn did. But you did then. I just repeated what Glenn said. Oh, I see. I'm not responsible I, for that. Is it is it hot in here, guys? Yes. yes. Is it? We can get some fresh air going. Yeah. Open up the windows. Okay. Is this a pin at the top? Oh, is it gone? No, oh, it does not. Hmm. It's a new pressure pump. It's very quiet. <laughs> uh, it's such a, a good thing to have such a an impressive God, you know, isn't it? I just, you know, it's like, it's a good thing to know that uh, the only impressive thing about church is how impressive our God is, you know, and that really the only thing, the only thing that's essential to this gathering is that he's given his place, you know, and I think... Uh, yeah, like like I said at the beginning, you know, at the 
at the kind of kickoff of the Christmas season, it's kind of like, it, it just shouldn't be so hard for Jesus to get a look in on his own birthday, right? You know? Like if, if you were going to spend a whole month celebrating someone, there's some people up. Leela has stretched the birthday to a birthday month on a number of occasions, and she's worth it. You know, she is. She's worth it. In my life, if there's anyone who I'm going to celebrate for a whole month, I'm going to celebrate Leela. She can pull that she can pull that off. And it's like, you know, this whole December thing, this is a moment to celebrate who Jesus is. You know, what he did, what, what happened when he came to earth, you know? And I think, I think we need a revelation. I don't have it for you. I, I, can't, I can't get it for you. But I think, I think in this moment, in this season, in this day and age, at this time and in this, in this Christmas, we need a revelation. We need something to awaken us to the gift that we've been given. We need something to awaken us to what the coming of Christ did for the world. I think we've forgotten. I think we lose it. I think, think we've become so accustomed to it. I think it, we are just, I think we've just kind of lost that awareness that says, did you really? Is that God? Is that really what you did? Did that really change that? Is that really why I have what I have? Is that really what I'm waiting on? Is that really what my future holds? Is, that, is, is this really the story that I'm caught up in? One of a God who came, who walked in the shoes of a man and demonstrated the only life worth living? He said, you know, when, when we read the words of Jesus, are, are, are we like, are we just so accustomed to them that we've forgotten what power lies within them? Jesus said, I came to bring life and bring it to the full. Do you believe that? Do you believe that following the way of Jesus is going to be the fullest life that you can live, that it's going to change everything for you? Do, do you believe that the greatest thing we can do is abide in Him? He said, I don't do anything that I don't see the Father doing. We do a plenty of things that have nothing to do with what's on the heart of our God. What if we became people who said the life of Jesus is my example and I want to live what He lived? I want to hold nothing back and whilst I could be a person who claims privilege, he had privilege. He, he was, Curtis read the verse, he was light and the word was with God. He was present. He breathed all things into existence and came as a man. I, I don't know. I feel like we need a revelation. I feel like we need a revelation of the goodness of God that he sent his son. And, I, and I'm not sure that any teaching is going to release that. I'm not sure that any scripture is going to accomplish that. I think we've got to take some some time this morning and just just fix our eyes on him. Just stop and go, Jesus, would you show me how you see this? Would you come by your spirit and would you show us what Christmas means to you? I'm sorry. I think we need a revelation of what Jesus has accomplished on our behalf because I think we are those who are so privileged with the gift of life that Jesus has brought about on our behalf and we've forgotten. I think we treat it like it doesn't matter. I think we treat it like it's changed nothing or changed little or maybe at best that it's just like the cherry on top of the Sunday that I'm making for myself. And I think as we see this sacrifice, the uh, 
immense love and the immense uh, example that we have in our God who came and showed us the way, I think it changes everything. And I think it's what we need. And so, really, there's, there's not a lot on offer here today from up here. But... the spirit of God wants to release fresh passion and love for Jesus that we would come and truly adore him and it wouldn't be a song that we sing that's words have lost their meaning but that we would be those who go we adore you you know and we don't have that love except that he's reached into our heart by his spirit and given it to us and no words are going to accomplish it. No understanding, no theological reasoning is going to release it to us. But that we would be reminded today of the gift that we've been given in Jesus Christ. And that it would flavor this whole birthday month. That there would be eyes fixed on a man worth celebrating. That this Christmas wouldn't get robbed from the minds of the followers of Christ, that we wouldn't make it about Santa Claus and Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman, but they, we would remember that this month is about honoring the greatest man who ever lived, who came and was born as a son and subjected to parents, who served his father wholeheartedly, who grew as a man, and who showed us the way, the life worth living. I'm going to stop. we got a few pieces this morning that we'll throw in, but... Let's take a minute and let's reach out from our own spirit to his for a revelation of Christmas. Jesus, would you come and minister awareness today of the gift that we've been given? And you know, we want to hear we want to hear the the ways in which we've been encountering God this week. So if you've got something that you're gonna share, there's a gap for you this morning. Yeah, we want to testify. And we want to share what we can reach for in his spirit this morning. But let me pray and then we're going to worship again for a few minutes and we'll come back and forth this morning. We're going to take communion, but yeah, let me just pray. Jesus, we're so thankful for you. Oh, come, come close. As we draw our hearts toward you, we don't want to stand at a distance and talk about you like you're not in the room. We don't want to talk about you like you exist in some far off way that did something in the past that matters little today. Jesus, that is not our reality. We see that you've changed everything and that there is nothing in this life. As Jeremiah 2 says, who in their right mind would exchange the fountain of living water for idols that mean nothing? Jesus, we are so sorry. We're so sorry when we allow other things to take your place in our life. Would you come and give us a revelation of the place you desire, of who you are, of what this means that you came as a man? We ask for it this morning, that you would release to us in our own spirit what is on your heart this morning. We ask in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hey, there's space in this, so... If you need a minute to step outside and get quiet because this is all too distracting, then you go for it because what becomes apparent in the spirit can't be fostered by the mind. And so create space for yourself to worship and to pull into his presence this morning and receive. That would be our heart's desire this morning. So, yeah, be free. Jesus.
this as I was uh, reflecting for myself on, you know, it, it is, we, we are such a people of privilege living in such a time of freedom and in so many ways it is the gift of life we have but it's an obstruction uh, to the truest thing which is in Christ, you know, when, when you think about the people of Israel, the at the birth of Jesus, if, you, if, if we just stop and, you know, try and imagine for a minute, they were waiting on the Messiah. That's what they were waiting for, their Savior, the one who was going to come and end the oppression, the one who was going to come and be their king. In, in fact, they, their belief was he was going to come and overturn all other powers on earth, and their God was going to to be king over over their the all the nations that this is this is what was going to occur they were waiting for this political overthrow this powerful god to come this messiah to emerge who was going to change everything this this is the scene at the of of the people of god at the in the waiting of Jesus and you know Jesus came 
and it was hard to accept that what had come was what they were waiting for because a baby came you know maybe if he had have come in chariots of fire and blown up the Roman Empire something more dramatic maybe he would have been easier to accept but our God came in a different way with something different on his heart and in his mind. He said, no, we're not going to overthrow things in that way. I'm going to raise up a message of power for those who will accept it and it will change everything. I'm going to teach it. I'm going to impart my spirit to it. I'm going to accomplish it through these, that the world would be turned upside down because people would believe and trust and walk out a life of God on earth. I mean, it, 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 threw, it threw those who were waiting a, a bit of a curveball, you know? And, and in some senses, we are those who both have and are waiting on that king, you know? The mistake we might be prone to making is making our God small or making him less powerful than what exists on earth today that we see. All of this is his. He says, all authority on earth has come from me. Nothing exists outside of me. It's all his permission. You know, we don't live as those who are serving the second-rate king in the second-rate kingdom. The whole of this earth belongs to King Jesus and he rules over the entire earth. And now he didn't come with nuclear arsenal to blow up evil. He came with love to raise up a, a force that would change the world because love would exist, because lives would be laid down, because the ways of God would become our ways. You know, that's our invitation to make him king and to live for his kingdom today. You know, this is what Jesus did. He, 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 you know, maybe we're waiting for something. Maybe we're like the Israelites who are waiting for something more dramatic, who are waiting for something more uh, holistic. And you know that the day is coming. We're still the people waiting for Christ's return. He said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess and make no mistake, the world will know that I'm God. But, you know, maybe even some of the ways we imagine that's going to happen, maybe, maybe it won't quite play out the way we thought. But we are those who are both living with the life of the king and the kingdom among us and those who are waiting for the coming kingdom. It's both. You know, just like the Israelites who were waiting and the birth of Jesus came. But let's not be people who miss it because it's a mystery or because it doesn't come in the way we think it will. Let's be those who open our eyes and raise from our hearts a, a, a cry that says, all hail King Jesus. That's his birthday song, that the people of God would rise from their souls and say, we have a king and it's him who rules here. You know, can, can we sing that, Curtis? Can we give, do, do we know that one? All hail King Jesus, do, do we do that one? Maybe. Sort of. Oh, hell, King Jesus. Oh, hell, Lord of heaven and earth. Oh, hell, King Jesus. 
give you your place, Jesus. You come and be king. Come and be king in this life, in this heart, over this family, over this place, that your kingdom would come. We first, we make you king. We give you authority. but not so that we can learn something or know something, but maybe so that our soul can be met by truth this morning. Just, you know, when you find yourself in that place where Jesus is close and scripture is coming alive to you, and not because the, the words are, uh, are necessarily teaching you something, but because something's coming to life within, maybe... Maybe I'm being revealed in a way, or maybe something of, of him is being revealed. So let, let, these, let these two scriptures minister to us in that way as I read them. 
1 John chapter 4, verse 9 to 10 says, By this, the love of God was displayed in us, in that God has sent his one and only begotten Son, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation, that is the atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering for our sins, fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placating his wrath. But this, the love of God was displayed in us and that God sent his son. John chapter one, verse 14 to 16 says, in the word Christ became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw his glory, glory as it belongs to the one and only begotten son of the father, the son who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. John testified repeatedly about him and has cried out testifying officially for the record with validity and relevance. This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I and has priority over me, for he existed before me. For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift, gift heaped upon gift. For the law was given through Moses, but grace, the unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's, uh, it's an incredible thing we have in Christ. I don't know, it's, it's just, you can't, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to share it from different angles and different perspectives because it's, we, we need to remember, don't we? You know, this is what we've been given, that Christ came. Yeah. And if, you know, John chapter 1 talks of this superabundant grace, you know, I feel like James, that's it's what you it's what you're talking about. Nelson, it's what you're talking about. Leo, it's what you're talking about. It's you know this notion that he saw his broken people struggling to make it work, and did everything within his power. You know, it's a it's a painful thing to watch people you love struggle. You know, I was on the phone with my brother yesterday morning early, and he's kind of going through some tough things. He has a disability and he's going through some hard things right now and uh, he was on the phone with me and he was a bit upset and he slammed his finger in a door while he's on the phone and ripped the end of his finger off and he just I know it's a horrible story but he just starts screaming on the phone I said are you all right and he lives in Canada and I just feel like everything in me just wants to be in my brother's world right now you know love in my heart 
wants to, you know, go care for my brother, you know? And I think there's only so much you can do and to watch someone struggle and be in pain, you wanna, you know? And when I, when I translate that into God's view of my life, he is not desiring me to get it right. He's not asking me to fix it. He's not asking me to do better. He, in his love and compassion, has moved toward me, seeing that I'm a mess. And he's going, what wouldn't I do to pour love into that place, into that moment? You know, and it's, you know, Nelson, this, this invitation to come and lay it at his feet is, is why he came, you know? that we wouldn't have to be strong, that we wouldn't have to have it sorted on our own, that, you know, and, and when, when those scarics of love that I experience towards the people who mean the most for me awaken me to a picture of a God who has given everything he could to a situation that's unbearable for him to watch, as he watches my life, he goes, don't do it without me. I just want to enter in and minister life to this. You know, and that's our opportunity. Just open up and receive, you know, Leela, as you said. Yeah. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7, it says, But when God, but when in God's plan the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman born under the regulations of the law so that he might redeem and liberate those who are under the law, that we who believe might be adopted as sons, as God's children with all the rights as fully grown members of his family. And because you really are his sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave or a bondservant, but a son. And if a son, then also an heir through the gracious act of God through Christ. Amen. Yeah. So grateful. We're going to take communion. We're just going to stop. And we're just going to thank him for the life that we've been given in him, for the grace that he's poured out. You know, we know. Seeing higher than the mountains that I face Seeing stronger than the power of the grave Constant in the trial and the change One thing remains Let's stand up. We're not done yet. Let's worship. Come on. Singing higher than the mountains that I face. And stronger than the power of the grave. Constant. Constant in the trial and the change. This one, one thing remains. Come on. 
fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your